Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Buffalo Bills related podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, as we are each and every week bringing you the latest news from One Bills Drive, offering up our thoughts on the Buffalo Bills heading into the most important of off seasons as the Bills look to close the gap on the Kansas City Chiefs and ward off the rest of the want to be contenders in the AFC. It's definitely uh, a tall task and a daunting task for Brandon Bean, the GM and head coach Sean McDermott. But as we know, they listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. We're here to offer up our advice on what the team needs to do to make those steps forward in 2021. And joining me, of course, as always, is Jamie D'Amico on the pod. Jamie, great to have you back, buddy. Great to be here. And as my wife says, hey, Bacasino. <laughs> I, I, for our listeners who who, uh, who obviously would have no way of knowing this because we don't hit record until a certain point, Jamie and I like to engage in some pre-show banter. And he's always bringing it with, with the nicknames and the energy. And his wife really gets to be the creative MVP because she's the one that yeah. comes up with all of these all these cool nicknames. All the nicknames that you have, like the Bacchusinator and like singing, hey, Bacchusino, all from her. <laughs> she is, uh, she's the brains of this operation and the looks of this operation over here. <laughs> so what do you bring to the table, buddy? Sense of humor? Uh, we'll, we'll say mild entertainment. <laughs> I, I, I could also say you've got the um the 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 beard of a norseman of a viking from back in the day you used to have that powerful ginger red beard i'm sure it's been reduced a little bit in strength but that's oh. a that's a that's a win for you buddy man that thing was massive at one point um i i did take it down to about the the number three attachment on my on my clippers and when I shaved it <laughs> off and shortened it up, you know, it looked pretty good tight. But here's what I forgot, that I have a neck because I hadn't seen my neck in a very long time when I had that really long beard. <laughs> and I'm staring at myself and I'm like, why is my face so short? Why is my neck so long? I felt like it looked so <laughs> weird. I felt like I looked even more like a Muppet than normal. And for those of you who don't know what I look like, there's an unbelievable resemblance between me and Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> I now now I feel like we need to incorporate uh, that visual, the side by side. I've never seen you and Beaker in the same room at the same time. So what, how do we know they're different? That's you know what? Um, I'm not going to let the secret out of the bag because we may be one and the same. Me 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 me. <laughs> well, we, we we know this for a fact, Bills fans, that uh, that Jamie has a little bit more confidence in his projections uh, and his opinions than Beaker did, uh, of course, on the Muppets. And and as it comes to our Buffalo Bills, as we are talking about our off season uh, of of improvements and our off season rundown, the state of the Buffalo Bills series that we launched last week with a very surface general level conversation about the areas of improvement that the Buffalo Bills need to take in 2021. We are going to start kickstart our series, the state of the Buffalo Bills individual position reviews. And you know, Jamie, it's a cliche and I hate it, but it's so 
true. In football, the most important position is the quarterback. And you saw in this Super Bowl, two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. And the Buffalo Bills, they're lucky. There could be as many as 18 teams looking for a new quarterback this offseason for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, really over the last couple of years, the bills are not one of those teams in the market for a starting quarterback. And it feels pretty good to be in that position when there's so much turnover at the position. They haven't been looking for a new starter because they've been invested in Josh Allen, but this is the first off season since Jim Kelly. We can say, you know what? The bills have their franchise guy. We didn't know if Josh Allen was going to be the franchise guy. We, we're hoping that he was going to be a an improved quarterback over what we saw the first two years. Because frankly, over the first two years of him starting, that wasn't going to cut it long term. Whoa, did he take a step forward. And hallelujah, we have ourselves a franchise guy. Man, does that allow you to, to focus your energy on the other things that the team can do to improve as opposed to the constant hand-wringing that Brandon Bean and his staff must have done when they were thinking to themselves, is Josh Allen going to take a step forward or after year three, are we going to have to start looking for the next guy to come in? And frankly, if he took a step backward and looked like he did in his rookie season in year number three, he'd be on his way out the door. You'd be looking at a Mitch Trubisky situation. Yeah, no, you're right. It's amazing the the power of perspective and and think about it even on, on this show and on, on most of our bills related podcasts with Buffalo rumblings and, and across the, the Buffalo bills landscape, there were major question marks about Josh Allen following last year. You know, remember take you back to last January, they lose to the Texans in the wild card round. They blow a 16, nothing lead. As much as we saw good in control, Josh in the first half, we saw wild and reckless Josh in the second half trying to make those backyard sandlot type plays to keep the, the team afloat. And and clearly, you know, there were major questions. We didn't know about his accuracy. He was one of the weaker deep ball quarterbacks, if not the worst deep ball quarterback uh, in the NFL last year. He had major troubles with the deep ball. He had major troubles handling the cover zero defenses and the blitzing schemes that came after him. He was more known to abandon the pocket and run at the first sign of troubles. And there were major concerns. What would the Buffalo Bills have at quarterback under Josh Allen? So under that guys, Jamie, it's really great to know that, yes, the Bills have their franchise quarterback, their first quarterback that the Bills can feel confident about this team moving forward since Jim Kelly retired after that great run in the late eighties and early to mid nineties. And it's a really nice sense of security knowing that Josh is the man. Uh, obviously there's still questions about Josh and we're going to get into that here on the podcast. What we are going to do with our pod today is talk about the state of the bills quarterback positions. We're going to break down Josh Allen, where he improved in 2020, where he needs to get better in 2021. We can discuss uh, the contract status, Josh, uh, there's a lot of people rightfully so clamoring for a contract extension, what the bills should do, uh, because the more, as we saw with Dak Prescott, the more a team waits on offering a contract extension for the most part, the more money they're going to pay and pony up. And right now seems to be a good opportunity to give 
Josh that extension, although it's going to be tight with the salary cap being much lower than anticipated. But we're going to do all of that, and we're going to talk about the backups as well and what Buffalo should do, should they do anything uh, to address the backup quarterback position. Short answer, yes, in my opinion. We'll get to that coming (laughs) up here as well. Um, But, Jamie, I know I threw a lot at you uh, there in both that little introduction and and the, the, the pitch with Josh Allen. I, I think we're both in a position where we agree that Josh is the franchise quarterback. When you look at it, like what, what stands out to you most about the biggest areas of improvement that Josh made this year? Well, you saw the accuracy, uh, and that comes down to a couple of mechanical issues. Um, he was throwing from a better base. His feet were closer together. He was aligning his feet In order to be an accurate thrower, there's a couple things that you have to do. The arch of your back foot has to face the target. And when you throw, you have to throw over your left hand if you're a right-handed quarterback, getting a hip rotation and shoulder rotation into the throw. And it has to fire at, at the proper time. It starts... With your starts with your feet and it moves up throughout your body. And really, your arm should be the last thing coming through. Now, that was not something he necessarily did previously. The biggest improvement in him this year was his mechanics firing at the right time and rotating his upper body. When you look at that, it allowed him to increase his completion percentage by 10% and really become a solid ball placement type guy. Even when he was throwing on the run late in the season, he was still he was still doing the right things with his feet. Now, there's two plays I'm going to point out to you. The first one was against the Chiefs. Allen was running toward the left sideline, and he saw a guy who was open down the field. With his feet facing the left sideline and a player in the back of the end zone, he threw with his right foot in front, completely straightened out, feet again facing the sideline, which caused his his base to be pointing in an op- opposite direction, not or not the opposite direction, but a different direction than his upper body. He throws the ball, it sails, and it goes like five rows deep. Okay, now let's fast forward to that Patriots game. When he's rolling out to the left in that, he swings his hips around and he chucks the ball, hits Stefan Diggs for the last touchdown of the day. It was a, an absolute strike. Only Stefan Diggs could have caught that. And it was like, boom, right there. That is the improvement that Josh Allen has made over the course of the season. This guy is coachable. This guy has his body under control now. This is a legit top quarterback in the NFL because he can do that. There is so much that makes me wish our podcast was video form because I can imagine Jamie sitting in his chair with a microphone mimicking his when he's talking about the hips, when he's talking about the follow through, when he's talking about Josh having his feet planted towards the sidelines and then being in the right direction so he can actually finish the throws that to me, Jamie, is you, you hit it on the head. The work with Jordan Palmer cannot be 
emphasized enough what they did during this unusual of off season, starting with the digital mapping of, of, of uh, Josh Allen's mechanics, mm. getting to actually understand that he's a visual learner. I mean, Josh is very coachable. Josh, what we understand does love to be in the film room, breaking down game tape and you take it to an even simpler level. What Jordan Palmer did watching him digitally map his throws and understanding the correlation between your mechanics to how it relates to your accuracy and your power. You don't need to throw the ball through a brick wall or over the mountains. And Josh, what he was doing his first two years that was really detrimental was he was relying on that natural arm strength to try to fit the ball into these tight windows that the NFL presents. And I think what Jordan Palmer did besides getting him to visually understand the mechanics of, of his throwing motion was adding more arc to his passes instead of doing the line drives. You know, I think Josh worried too much about those tight windows. And if you throw your receivers open and you put that arc, like you talked about with the Stefan Diggs touchdown catch, that to me is a perfect example of leading your receiver, putting more arc on it and getting him to understand that it's not just about the arm strength. It's about your footwork. It's about your mechanics. And all of that manifested itself in 2020 where Josh, you know, he set franchise records for passing yards in a single season, passing touchdowns in a single season, completion percentage, QBR. I mean, the numbers were off the charts. And to me, what's so impressive is that this quantum leap that Josh took in every aspect of his game. Do you know, Jamie, that in the last 30 years, there are only four quarterbacks, including Josh Allen, who had their completion percentage imp- improve by 10% or more in a single season. Only four. That's remarkable. That is a stat bomb that just made my head explode. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's, think about it. 50 years. Really, only three other people have improved as much as Josh Allen did. That's a huge jump. Now, he's probably not going to improve another 10% next year. That would be ridiculous. But, um, you know, there's another thing that he did well this year um, that I wanted to point out, which is throwing with anticipation and throwing people open, like you mentioned. If And this is another point where if we had video, it would be really helpful. But if you look at any all 22 footage from this past season where you are behind Josh Allen, behind the quarterback while he's throwing, you will see in the plays, especially those that go across the middle, he will throw the ball into a window before his receiver is there. Now, John Bacassino, how many years did the Buffalo Bills have quarterbacks who would not throw the ball to a guy unless the guy was standing still, staring at the quarterback for at least three seconds? <laughs> and that's. I would basically say, I mean, you have to go back to like Drew Bledsoe to be somebody who would actually try to squeeze the ball into those tight windows with an accuracy that you're expecting out of a, a top level quarterback, unlike EJ Manuel and Trent Edwards, Fitzy would, 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 would do all right with the deep ball too. But for the most part, most of the Buffalo bills quarterbacks in the 21st century have been exactly what you said. If it's not a running back wide open in the flat or a tight end on a little curl, they're not going to take those chances to trust their mechanics and trust their ability. Now, granted, Buffalo also had a terrible, mediocre crop of wide receivers for most yeah. of the drought outside of Peerless Price, Lee Evans, and Eric Moulds. 
uh, and Stevie Johnson. And also a terrible line. Yeah. You know, it's amazing when you when you start talking about it. Oh my gosh, it's not just the quarterback that acts in a vacuum. It's all of these pieces around him. And, you know, we can give a lot of credit as we should to offensive coordinator Brian Dable, the assistant coach of the year, and to what the Bills did to put Josh in positions to succeed and trading for Stefan Diggs and, and drafting Gabriel Davis. I mean, the Bills gave, we mentioned this during the offseason, the Bills gave Josh every conceivable weapon he needed and every asset available at his disposal to take that quantum leap forward. And he did just that. I just want to take a minute, Jamie, and we talked about the mechanics. We talked about the work with Jordan Palmer this offseason. There were some areas that Bills fans were really concerned about Josh Allen's future and whether he could be the man. It's one thing to have a strong arm. It's another to develop that accuracy. And we talked about, you know, the completion percentage improving by 10% uh, last year to this year. Actually, it was almost 11%. He went from 52.8% his first year, 58.8% his second year. 69.2% his third year. Uh, Really the last quarterback uh, to make a a leap of that nature between years, Drew Brees and Steve Young each had spikes in their completion percentages um, right around the beginnings of their careers. That should give Bills fans quite a lot of hope when it comes to his accuracy. But it was also the deep ball. And that was one of the things we touched on this briefly where the Bills really, like Josh would always take shots downfield and a lot of times it wouldn't find its mark you know he he would have a hard time connecting on on those deep balls and that's one of the things that if you're going to be successful in the NFL you need to take the top off of the defense to use that cliche and find your receivers running the fly patterns running the deep crossing patterns and getting open and to me Jamie what Josh did against the uh the grain when it came to the deep ball passing was just unbelievable from 2019 to 2020. He was among the worst signal callers in the league in throws 20 or more yards in 2019 with a 30.9% completion rate. That's almost 31%. This year, he spiked 17 percentage points to nearly 48% on almost the same number of deep ball attempts. To me, that is one of the biggest reasons why this offense scored a franchise record 501 points this year was Josh was able to take the top off, go deep with an aerial threat, the establishment of rookie Gabriel Davis as a great number three, Stephon Diggs leading the league in receptions and receiving yards. That doesn't happen if Josh doesn't get that deep ball going. And it's not just the ball's 20 yards or more, too. His progress in those intermediate routes, the ones that were 10 yards to 20 yards, improved four percentage points from 61% to 65%. So Josh made strides in every possible aspect. And to me, Jamie, it's so encouraging to see the fact that his accuracy improved all around and especially on those intermediate and those deep throws, because anybody who's a quarterback should be able to nail the wide open five to seven yard passes, but it's the 10 to twenties and the beyond 20 yard passes that really differentiates a quarterback between being average and being great. And the interesting thing is here, it seemed to me that Josh Allen left a lot of deep balls on the field. There were a number of overthrows, inaccurate passes that I'm sure Josh Allen would like to have back um, because when we look at deep attempts, um, 
I don't think Josh was in the top 10 in the NFL. Hold on. Let me look at this. Number one, Russell Wilson. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he comes in at number eight. So that that's a really good place for Josh to rank, I feel like, being in the top 10 on those deep balls, um, especially, again, given how putrid he was the first two years in the intermediate to long passing game. And given also what we saw with the Ravens playoff game, the the horrible weather and the windy conditions that Buffalo sh- plays in, I almost feel like that eighth ranking deserves even more kudos because of what he's done in those conditions. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't get easier for folks. Now, we know Russell Wilson is, you know, he's, he's excellent when, when it comes to deep balls. And what you want is room for your quarterback to grow. What you don't want is the, your quarterback to sit there and say, okay, you know what? I'm as good as I'm going to get because I don't need to be any better. And like, can you be, unless you're Tom Brady, can you say that? And how did Tom Brady get to where he is? Because he was never content. And I'm not under the impression that Josh Allen is a guy who's not going to keep working to make himself better. You know, you, you could even see it in his physique from year two to year three. The guy put on a lot of muscle over the course of the year. So he's taking care of his body. He's trying to become a guy who can stand in there, take the big hits that he does, and he takes some big hits. Part of it is because he doesn't slide as often as he should, but also because he's a bigger quarterback. He suffers the same fate as Cam Newton, which is he gets hit in the head. He gets hit high often, and it doesn't get flagged. Plays that you know Tom Brady would be getting. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely no doubt that Josh... And look, we all love Josh for his ability to, you know, take on tacklers and try to shred them to get the extra yard. He has gotten better at learning to slide, Um, even though he still wants to fight for every yard he can. He's going to have to continue to both put on muscle and be smarter uh, with his ability to take hits out there on the field. But I think it in general, Jamie, shows the maturation that Josh took in year three from year two. When you look at his overall intelligence on the field. He got much better at his pre-snap reads. He got much better at identifying where the pressure was coming from. And really the biggest criticism that I feel like Josh had, the biggest knock on him besides the deep balls and the accuracy was how much of a shelled and frightened figure he was against pressure, against the blitz. Well, he completely, he dismissed all of those notions in 2020 Um, According to figures that I have from the Buffalo News and ESPN, he had a passer rating of 113.2 when facing the Blitz this year with a 67.5 completion percentage, 8.2 yards per pass attempt, and 19 touchdown passes against the Blitz. Those are phenomenal numbers for somebody that was struggling so mightily uh, last year and his first two years in the league when it came to blitz recognition and just understanding what the defense was trying to do. Now, we saw some warts in the AFC championship game uh, against pressure. There were definitely moments to improve. But, Jamie, I got to tell you, if Josh continues, and we, you, you said it earlier, Josh is not stopping. He's not going to stop this progress and just be happy to rest on his laurels with where he is. He wants to get better and get to the mountaintop and win that championship. 
if he continues to make these strides, the future is so bright in Western New York. I absolutely agree. Now, can we keep the coaching staff intact? That's something important because I don't think you can talk about the quarterback room without talking about the coaches, Brian Dable at offensive coordinator, and especially Ken Dorsey. We're seeing now that Ken Dorsey is getting a lot of love from teams that are looking for offensive coordinators because some are out there saying that he has been more instrumental in Josh Allen's success than Brian Dable. Very interesting. Um, Let's see if the Bills can keep him around because I... I would not be surprised if Brian Dable does get a head coaching job. He seems deserving of it. Um, he was a, a hot name this past offseason. Uh, now that all of the coaching positions are filled, he has announced that he will stay in Buffalo for another year. But Ken Dorsey, I, I, I'm liking what's going on there, and I, I'm excited to see where he also is going to take Josh Allen going forward. You know, Jamie, I, I want to give you a lot of credit for bringing up uh, Ken Dorsey, especially, and the continuity that comes from having the same coaches around him. You know, one of the reasons that the Detroit Lions have been so horrible, even with having Matthew Stafford, and they've had some pretty prolific, you know, wide receiver threats, including Calvin Johnson for Stafford to throw to, but they always seem to be churning through a new coaching staff, a new set of assistant coaches a new playbook to memorize. And when you have that turnover, it's detrimental to a quarterback's progression because they have to keep learning a new system year after year. And the fact that Josh is going into year four with the same offensive coordinator for the last couple of years and Brian Dable with Ken Dorsey returning because he, even though he was, a, a, like you said, a, a target to get jobs in Seattle, uh, possibly with the Detroit Lions, even the Miami Dolphins had some rumblings. They might be bringing him Uh, Ken Dorsey in to run their offense or work with their quarterbacks. Those did not materialize. And I think that's only going to be beneficial for Josh and this offense to take the next step, because as much as we give Josh credit for reading the tape and watching the film to get better, opposing defenses are going to continue to study up what the bills offense did to be so prolific. So Josh has to keep uh, pushing himself. The offense has to keep finding ways to get better. And, I just, I don't know. To me, Jamie, it's so exciting, though, to think about, again, the, the progress that we've talked about with Josh Allen. Another stat to not get too heavy, but do you know that Josh Allen was the second ranking quarterback in a stat where they they basically, I'm trying to figure out the, it's called the adjusted completion percentage, which removes ah, yes. this stat, Jamie, is so, because as much as 69% accuracy for uh, Josh's completion percentage tells a story. This stat tells even more of a story. The adjusted completion percentage, it removes spikes at the end of a game or to stop the clock. It removes blatant throwaways and it removes throws impacted by hits to the quarterback. In 2020, Josh Allen was only behind Drew Brees, the most accurate passer in NFL history. In this adjusted completion percentage, his increased eight percentage points from 2019 to 2020 up to 79.2% According to Pro Football Focus, if you're trailing only Drew Brees in a passing stat, man, that's good news. And do you know where he ranked the year before an adjusted completion percentage? I would say he was probably middle of the pack. He was like 33rd in the NFL. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that jump? That's that's remarkable. 
you think he's on steroids or something? <laughs> like, like, do you think there's something more than, you know, like cliff bars and a lot of practice? I mean, because it's superhuman the way he improved. Has anybody tested what's in those Josh's jacks to make sure that there's no PEDs or anything in there? Oh, my goodness. Of course, this is all clearly fun <laughs> conjecture to our listeners out there, but it's 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 reason to bring up because it's such an alarming we're talking about a guy at Wyoming who had a 52.9% completion percentage, and now he's getting up to 69% in his third year in the NFL. It's just remarkable. He went from being a marginal quarterback with all the physical tools of a prototypical quarterback to having a true breakout performance. It's so great to see. And jo- and Jamie, I got to feel that Josh, the sky is the limit. I mean, he was the runner-up for MVP behind Aaron Rodgers. Some would say, including uh, Stefan Diggs, that Allen was the MVP given the quantum leap that he took from year two to year three. But Josh has plenty of time to win MVPs down the road. I just think that it's, it's such, this is an example of somebody who is just, this is why the bills drafted him. He had all those skill sets. He had all those uh, tantalizing tools you look for. And he's got the work ethic, which you just cannot teach. You can't teach somebody like Todd Marinovich had all of the skills to be the (sighs) best quarterback ever. And we all know what happened with Marinovich, the robo QB. Right. So here's my question, though. I mean, we've turned this into a Josh Allen gush session, but did you expect this before the season began? The way the season turned out and Josh Allen's play, is this what you saw coming? Josh, no, 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 not even. I I saw him making good strides, but Josh had never even thrown for 300 yards in a game up until the 2020 season. He did that eight times this year, eight. He had 46 total touchdown passes. I think I saw Josh making a big step forward. I saw him passing for more than 30 touchdowns. And I think I projected him at like 3,500 passing yards. Never in my wildest dreams that I think he'd set the single season records, surpassing Jim Kelly for passing touchdowns, total TDs, passing yards, passer rating, completion percentage. I mean, his, his, progress was such a quantum leap forward that no I did not see this type of of jump forward and 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 it was it was shocking to me Jamie to think that week in and week out I mean he starts the year with you know he had two 400 yard passing games three you know I mean, it's it's unbelievable that the steps that this guy took so no I definitely did not see this type of progression I'm guessing I I'm, I'm thinking back to our conversations I know you saw him getting better but you didn't even think this was going to be possible did you No, I was going to consider this season a success if he became the 15th best QB in the NFL. That's the step I wanted to see him take in order for me to say, okay, maybe this is the guy, maybe they can go forward with him. If he was the 25th best quarterback in the NFL based on QBR, completion percentage, however you want to draw it up, I was going to say, huh. I don't know. You might want to bring in some competition after the season, but to become a top three to five QB in the NFL. No, I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think he would ever become even a top 10 quarterback, let alone, you know, let let alone an MVP candidate this season. With with everything that we're talking about, Jamie being viewed under the lens that the bills still want to close the gap on the Chiefs and the weaknesses that Kansas City exposed in Buffalo's offense in the AFC Championship game. Give me one thing about Josh Allen's game that you want to see him improve this year to next year. 
I want to see him get better at recognizing coverages. I, I'd like to see him process a half second quicker uh, of what's going on in front of him. And it seems an awful, an awful lot that he is a hair late on his throws because maybe he's taking an extra second to process and relying on his arm in order to uh, in order to get the passes completed. I would I would like to see I would like to see him make his decisions split second faster and just become a little better at recognizing what the defense is doing when they're trying to shift on him because that was what happened in the playoffs you saw that teams were disguising their coverages and you know that was affecting Josh Allen's efficacy now one of the things that can be done to help him in that is establishing a running game that actually works but in the meantime i i think Josh Allen now it's more of a mental exercise for him to improve than it is physical because he got the physical warts out of his game. I, I agree. I think that he definitely, yeah, the physical warts are, are, are gone for the most part. I feel like to me, what it comes down to where he can get better. And this is the same thing that, you know, I'm going to say this. And then his counterpart in that AFC title game, Patrick Mahomes got lauded for his ability to keep plays alive, extend the plays and find the open receiver when you might not think there was somebody downfield. One of Josh's biggest weaknesses now that he's taken care of the deep ball accuracy and he's gotten much better. He still can get better at the blitz recognition and his pre reads have gotten a lot better. He can still work on that aspect, but Josh needs to learn to abandon a play when there's not something there and not keep a play alive, a ridiculous amount of time, and, and only to throw us an interception or take a sack. There were a couple of plays in that AFC championship game where Josh was basically running out of bounds and still trying to like find a receiver or get the open guy downfield. And I commend him for never giving up on a play, but you've got to give up on some plays when it's the difference of taking you out of field goal range or you know, if you the the longer that you hold onto the ball, the more prone your offensive line is to commit a holding penalty and and set your team back that way. So I think Josh needs to realize that sometimes it's not there and just throw the ball away versus trying to make something out of nothing, which can be an admirable trait, but it can also really cost your team on some of these big drives and the big playoff games. Yes, and I'm just going to add to that uh, slide. Just get down. Don't take hits. Amen. We need Josh to be healthy. And uh, because as I, th- I think now is a good time to uh, we've given Josh a lot of love and, and gushing over his and rightfully so over the performance that he put forth this year. But it's a scary thought. If Josh were to go down with an injury. The quarterbacks behind him now, granted, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that can say they have a guy who can step in and replicate the performance of the starter. If they can say that chances are pretty good. Their starter is not that good to begin with. When you look at what the bills have behind Josh Allen, starting with Matt Barkley, what do you think about the bills backup quarterback situation? And what do you think about Matt Barkley? I have very little faith that Matt Barkley can come in and lead this bills team to wins what I look forward to in a in a backup quarterback is a if a guy has to go in there for a month, I want him to be able to break even. 
I don't think Matt Barkley's that guy. It wasn't this season, but the season before when he ended up starting, I think it was against the Jets, he was abysmal. I mean, he was so bad out there. And I thought to myself, oh, uh, you know what? I think you got to get him off the roster because he doesn't look like a guy who can win a game for you. And you know that's where I stand with, with Barkley is you need, uh, especially when you have a Super Bowl contending team as the Bills now are, you need a high-end backup who can come in and and win you some games and somebody that the troops are going to rally around. I think that if Matt Barkley were coming into the game, the the team would be looking at him going, oh God, this, this isn't good. It's too much of a drop-off from, uh, from our star to this guy. Now, don't get me wrong. I know they love him. I, I know that he's... Uh, he, he, you know, he's got that that coach's mentality, and they love the way he works in the quarterback room. They love the they love the observations he makes and gives to Josh Allen. But you know, you have coaches for that. You have Davis Webb, who everybody says is going to be a great coach someday on the practice squad, who can do that. Um, I I don't need my number two guy to be the one who's feeding my quarterback information. I want my quarterback coach doing that. I want a backup who can get out there and make plays when called upon. Matt Barkley can't do that. No, he he cannot. And, and, and not enough can be said for the invaluable tutelage that Barkley has provided to Josh Allen in his development uh, from a wild and erratic rookie to runner up for the league MVP in 2020. But when the reality is, and I I look back to that Patriots game in week four of the 2019 season where uh, Josh Allen gets knocked out of the game. Barkley comes in and has three or four chances to drive the bills downfield to get the go ahead score against the Patriots. At one point, I think Barkley got them to the 15 or the 10 yard line and threw a bad interception. His arm strength, is not there. He's not a strong arm quarterback. He's a good leader. He's a good locker room presence, but the bills need someone who can be a better quarterback to step in, in those emergency situations. And somebody who Matt Barkley has a 55% completion percentage on his passes, three total touchdowns and four picks in the seven games he has played in a bills uniform. I might be off. Maybe he has, I think he might have four total passing touchdowns because he did have that good performance in garbage time against the Miami Dolphins in week 17. But again, that game didn't mean anything for the Bills. That Patriots game meant everything. And Matt Barkley laid a goose egg in a big a big scene for Buffalo. So as much as I like the consummate professional as a backup uh, to Josh the last two years that Barkley has been, I think the Bills need to make an upgrade at this position. And I want to throw a couple of names at you real quick to see what your thoughts are. You know me. I, you know who I'm going to say, who, what would you do with the backup position? Okay. Well, I just want to throw one other thing out. Sure. Something that bothers me about Matt Barkley. Did you still, did you see the team singing the 12 days of Christmas? No, I didn't see that. No. It's a great video. They've got 12 different people from the Buffalo Bills singing the 12 days of Christmas. He was the one who sang five golden rings and he's such a bad singer, dude. <laughs> oh my God. It was, Oh, it was painful to listen to anyway, backup quarterback. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question because 
my response to you is going to be a hashtag. Hashtag come home fits. Amen. (laughs) Oh, please, buddy. From the rooftops, I... I've been advocating for this. Not that anyone actually listens outside of this podcast, but I, you know, my man crush on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think it would be such a fitting way to end his career to come back. The return of Fitz magic to be the backup quarterback. Look, he did wonders in Miami, getting that team on the cusp of a playoff appearance when Tua was going through his rookie struggles, but how great would it be for Fitzy who checks all of those boxes? He's got the veteran leadership, He isn't looking, I don't think, anymore. He wants a ring more than being a starting quarterback in this league. He would give the Bills tons of confidence with his play. I'm sure, you know, he he loves Buffalo. I'm sure he would come back for a bit of a discounted price. To me, all the stars are aligning. Make it happen, Brandon Bean. Bring home Fitz. Oh, I would love that so much. I might even get a Fitz jersey. Seriously. Like, he has to be my all-time most favorite former Buffalo Bill. And I'm not talking about guys that are retired. I'm talking about guys that have gone to another team and have had uh, and have made a run of it. Uh, you know, I never really got into Travis Henry when he was on Tennessee. Eh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Fitzpatrick. Now, here's the issue. He's good enough to start for a bad team. And he enjoys starting. Also, I don't think he's going to be cheap. And that's one of the reasons I think you're keeping Barkley around is Barkley doesn't cost much more than the vet minimum these days. I would think Fitz is going to cost you at least six, eight million. Yeah, I haven't looked at spot track for their projections for Fitzpatrick, but I I, I get it. I get he has a, a steeper price tag to come with it, but the, the expectations are so high that I think Buffalo needs to seriously con- consider investing in someone like Fitz to be their backup. And here's why I think Fitzy would take a bit of a, a discount. I'm not saying he's going to play for the veteran minimum, but Fitzy was on the Adam Schefter podcast and said his favorite NFL city is Buffalo because it's Buffalo. He has fond memories of being with the Bills. He and Josh Allen have a nice relationship. Apparently, they met each other at the Masters before the 20. 20- uh, 18 NF or 2017 NFL draft. And uh, there was an interaction that Allen and Fitzpatrick had where he was talking about, you know, how he's gotten to know Fitz over the last couple of years. He's learned a lot from this guy. Um, he really has a feel for what Josh is doing in the Buffalo offense. And I think Fitzy would make a lot of sense with his leadership. Now, wh- again, it all comes down to what does Fitzpatrick want? out of the golden years of his NFL career. But to me, if he wants to win and he wants to come back to a fun place to play in a city that he loves, the bills are a slam dunk option for me. I I agree. If they can figure out a way of doing it, and it's unfortunate that the salary cap is going to be so tight this year with the, the reduction due to COVID. But yes, that would be a dream come true. And here's the other thing. You could still keep Matt Barkley on the roster if you wanted to. Oh, God, yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, Barkley, if he gets a chance to be the number three in the clipboard holder, why not? He's not going to command a lot of money. He's an, he's an upcoming free agent. I can't imagine the demand is that powerful for somebody with a 55% completion percentage uh, with the Bills. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine the market being all that high for him. No, and a noodle arm on top of it. He is not a strong arm quarterback at all. No. 
Fitzy would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it would. Like like you said, not a strong arm. It, I feel like when Barkley's out there, he's throwing change-ups. Now, what about the rest of the Motley crew of Davis Webb and Jake from State Farm? Um, I, I know the Bills spent a fifth-round pick on Jake Fromm. I know he was their COVID quarterback who they kept in a bubble and isolated from the rest of the team in case something went wrong this year. And Davis Webb has been mentioned as that future quarterback coach, a great leader on and off the field. What do you think about the rest of the quarterbacking crew that Buffalo has? I don't think that there's a lot of uh, potential there. You know, Jake Fromm, he looked bad when he was on the field and they decided to keep him around. But I think it's all reputation with that guy. He won a lot of games in college, but you know, winning games in college and winning them in the pros are very different. He just... I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to have enough arm and quick enough decision-making that he's going to make himself a viable player in the NFL. He may develop into a low-end number two, but I don't think that's worth keeping on your roster, especially when you have issues that you've created for yourself by being racist. You know, that's that's a tough thing for for your teammates to necessarily accept. Uh, now, Lorenzo Alexander said, we're looking at it the wrong way. We shouldn't be getting rid of him. We should look at it as a teaching moment and help the young man grow from it. You know what? That's why we love the Lorax. He's mature. <laughs> he's smart. He's wise. However, I just, I don't see much potential in him. And uh, Davis Webb, Davis Webb has been available for the entire league to pick up as he's been on the Bills practice squad. And, you know, he got some playing time for the Jets. He's a guy who's just kind of riding it out while he can, biding time before he gets into coaching. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on this Buffalo Bills coaching staff at some point, but he's not a guy who you're probably going to see get uh, get called on to uh, to start any games. At least you hope not. You know, he's the type of player who I, I'd put him in the, the Thad Lewis category of the guy who could start in a pinch, but you really don't want anything more than a um, an emergency type of start coming from this guy. So if I'm reading between the tea leaves, you're not very happy with what Buffalo has um, behind uh, Matt Barkley. <laughs> I, I don't like what the Bills have back up at, at all. I, I don't like Matt Barkley or the guys that are behind him. Maybe there's some great chemistry in the QB room. Maybe it's a tight-knit bunch that's very intelligent, that does a great job helping Josh Allen prepare for games. But I want guys who can step on the field and play, and I don't think they have that. Yeah, that's why a guy like Fitzmagic makes sense to be the backup. I, 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 don't, I don't see the affinity that Bills have with Jake Fromm. Most of his success came during his first two years at Georgia, and then he was really mediocre, in my opinion, his final two years. With the Bulldogs, um, his freshman year, I know they won the national championship and he had a really good season, um, but they also had a really good defense in Georgia too and some pretty good playmakers. And then he kind of went downhill from there. Davis Webb to me is actually more intriguing than Jake Fromm just because, again, he was the one who gets credit for organizing those workouts with the offense in Florida last summer uh, when they were unable to train in Buffalo. He's got the leadership skills. He's got the organizational skills. And he actually does have a pretty decent arm from all the scouting reports that you read, I would be okay with Davis Webb coming back 
uh, and backing up Fitzmagic and Josh Allen or Josh Allen and somebody else and having him be the third stringer. But I don't think enough is known to have Davis Webb get anything more than being a third stringer. Again, a valuable leadership role. And to me, Jake Fromm is expendable. I know you spent the fifth round draft pick on the kid, but I don't know between the team culture and what Jake Fromm actually is as a quarterback. I don't think he's worth hanging on to in 2021. Well, it's a little depressing uh, to end our podcast with the state of the backups, but most find me find me an NFL team that has a good third string quarterback and I'll find you a bad NFL team. (laughs) Seriously, you know, most teams don't have one good quarterback. Buffalo has a bona fide star in the starting lineup at QB. There's not a lot you can complain about. Hashtag blessed out there. And, you know, Jamie, I'm going to throw one more thing at you, and this might catch you as a a little bit off guard, but here's who, if I had my choice, if Fitzy doesn't come back to Buffalo, another guy who I'd be very intrigued in having as a backup, you mentioned his name earlier on in kind of the bust category, but I don't think he has much of a uh, a market right now, given the val- the volume of quarterbacks out there. If the Bills could bring in Mitch Trubisky to back up Josh Allen, I'd be okay with that. You know, reclamation projects are not a bad thing. If you're not expecting him to be a starter, you can give him some time, see, you know, how he develops. You know, there's there's a lot of examples of first-round picks that didn't work out in their first location that did well in their second stop. Look no farther than Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. He's an excellent quarterback now. And all he needed to do was get away from Adam Gase. You may see that with Sam Darnold, too. Yeah, oh, Darnold is definitely going to get an opportunity for sure. I feel like whether it's with the Jets or some other team out there. Trubisky, I'm not really quite sure what the market is. I kind of feel like his star has fallen so far that he could be had. I don't even think it's going to take a lot of money. Not that I know a lot about capology, but I don't think he's going to be an expensive option. I mean, you know, more so than what you would normally expect to have a a backup quarterback who is going to be insurance policy to Josh Allen get paid. It's an interesting name to figure out and think about. He's probably not going to get a starting job because there's so many other quarterbacks that are playing musical chairs this offseason. Just some food for thought as to who Buffalo could bring in. And the Bills had a big crush, apparently, on Trubisky uh, before the 2017 draft, before he was picked uh, very, very high, number two overall by the Chicago Bears. The Bills were very interested in him as well. So a name to file away for Buffalo potentially as a backup quarterback, Jamie, it's really been refreshing to talk all about Josh Allen. Uh, I know you and I are very uncertain about the condition of the quarterbacks behind him, but hopefully the bills process will play out and we'll get some guys who can fill in if need be, because this team is super bowl contenders and you can't have a mediocre quarterback backing up Josh Allen. You just can't have well, that. Now that, Brandon Bean knows how we feel. I'm willing to bet that we'll see some improvement in the quarterback room. <laughs> Brandon, we are willing to take your comments uh, off air. You can tweet at us. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. Of course, you can always get involved with our podcast on the website, buffalorumblings.com as well. Uh, we really appreciate you guys taking taking some time to Listen to our thoughts on the state of the quarterbacks. We will come back next week and talk about an area that needs to be improved, the running back room. It will not be nearly as glowing and effusive in our commentary about the Bills running backs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's going to be 
That's going to be a good one, but probably not as scathing as at least one other position group. We'll see. <laughs> There's definitely going to be some negativity down the road with some of our units, but we'll have some fun talking about the running backs here. And uh, we look forward to having you back joining us next week on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.